We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Away we go. Episode 688 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Monday, October 30th, 2023. It is perhaps the final full day for who knows how many prominent Commanders players as members of the Commanders. Edge defenders Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Safety Cameron Curl. Corner Kendall Fuller. Receiver Curtis Samuel. Running back Antonio Gibson. How many out of those guys and others are about to be traded, are about to be dealt? Is nobody about to be traded? It feels like at least somebody is about to be traded. The 2023 NFL trade deadline is on Tuesday, October 31st, Halloween at 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Not long before you go out trick-or-treating, you will know what the Manders have done in regards to this 2023 NFL trade deadline. And that NFL trade deadline will be happening with the Commanders now 3-5 and five in this 2023 NFL regular season. Oh, what could have been, but was not. A 38-31 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon in a game in which the Commanders blew a 14-3 second quarter lead and a 24-17 fourth quarter lead. Hello and welcome to this Monday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. What was worse on Sunday afternoon, the commander's pass defense or YouTube TV? I have YouTube TV. Perhaps you do as well. YouTube TV on Sunday afternoon was a mess. I can't be the only person who had problems watching the game on YouTube TV, which was getting killed, was getting shredded uh, on X uh, for these problems. Uh, Hey, YouTube TV, instead of jacking up (laughs) what you're charging, us every 30 seconds. Maybe make sure that your stuff actually works on an NFL Sunday. Uh, Big tech, two thumbs up. Uh, Coming up on the show, in-depth reaction to and analysis of this commander's loss to the Eagles. The time has come, my friends, for the commanders to sell and sell hard. I'll explain why next segment, during which you'll also hear some uh, rather interesting comments from the two most prominent commanders trade ships right now, Montez Sweat and Chase Young. I'll then discuss yet another 
disappointing performance by the defense of which Montez and Chase are a part. Uh, that would be the commander's defense. Uh, and I'll then highlight what was a really big game for commander's quarterback, Sam Howell. The team's passing offense was on. Sam put up some big-time numbers. The commanders allowed just one sack the entire game. Unreal. Funny what a revamped offensive line and better play calling can do. Uh, and you will hear key comments uh, from the post-game press conferences of Sam Howell and head coach Ron Rivera, including what Ron had to say uh, about a catch by receiver Jahan Dodson that, to me, was a catch, but was ruled not a catch. And then Ron challenged that ruling, and Ron failed uh, in that challenge. Oh, Ron. Oh, Don Ron. Uh, I tell you, him not being back as commander's head coach for next season seems as certain as ever right now. Uh, also on the show, I'll talk Capitals. A very good weekend for the Caps. Two wins. Uh, Friday night, a 3-2 shootout win over the Minnesota Wild at Capital Win Arena. Sunday evening, a 3-1 win over the San Jose Sharks at Capital Win Arena. Great goaltending from Darcy Kemper in each game. Uh, the Caps have won three consecutive games off the team's 1-3-1 and one start to this NHL regular season. I have a proper college football segment for you. Yet another loss for Maryland. What is going on with the Terrapins? A hideous 33-27 loss at Northwestern on Saturday afternoon. I'll also get into Virginia's 29-26 overtime loss at Miami on Saturday. And James Madison's 30-27 homecoming win over Old Dominion on Saturday night. JMU, by the way, up to number 23 in the latest Associated Press Top 25 poll, which came out on Sunday. And I'll hit on our Wizards. Uh, they won over the weekend. A nice 113-106 win over the Memphis Grizzlies at Capital One Arena on Saturday night in the Wizards 2023-2024 regular season home opener. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. So much feedback on the commanders off their loss to the Eagles and on what now for the commanders regarding the NFL trade deadline from Leonard Pumphrey on X. When you give up 38 points despite two red zone takeaways, the defense is worthless. Uh, thank you for that, Leonard. Uh, from Brett Williams on X, I've been a Ron Rivera apologist, but he's absolutely checked out. The coach-centric template has overwhelmed him. Uh, thank you for that, Brett. You know, I don't think that Ron is checked out. I think that he's trying. Uh, I have no reason to think that he isn't trying, that he isn't working hard, but uh, what he is doing isn't working. The work isn't working. Uh, from Burgundy Bob regarding the commanders being sellers, just don't lose Sam Howell for the next flavor of the month. Please don't Trent Green Howell. Uh, thank you for that, Bob. I hear you. Sam's under contract for next season, so he's not going anywhere. Email from Dan in Minnesota writes, Dan, I mind losing a game like this one. We were in the game the whole game. The offense looked competent the whole game. What is clear though, is this. Our defense is not good enough to compete in this league. So I don't care who the commanders trade on that side of the ball. It can't get much worse than giving up 30 or more every game. So while I like Montez Sweat and Chase Young, see ya. I wish you much success wherever you go. I hope that getting a new coaching group won't mess Sam Howell up and that we next season can start down the road 
to meaningful football. Thank you for that email, Dan. Email from Stanley Evans, right? Stanley, I feel like this was Ron Rivera's Super Bowl. The team came out ready to play. The defense got a three and out on Philly's first possession. We scored first. Heck, we even got up 14-3, and we still found a way to lose. To lose like that again has to be mentally draining. I know that I'm flamed out as a fan. I can't imagine how the players feel. Officials didn't help. That's another story. We just seem to get hosed time and again by the Zebras, but I'm just exhausted from this regime. You put Emmanuel Forbes Jr. back on the guy who caused you to bench Forbes in the first place. Do you want to wreck Forbes' confidence even more? At this point, you're 0-3 in the division. Long shot for the playoffs. The season should now be about developing Sam Howell for the rest of the season and sell hard at the deadline. Agree? Uh, Thank you for the email, Stanley. Yes, I do agree. Much more. Next segment. Uh, If only the commanders could be as good as a good friend of this podcast, Dr. George Verghese, a board-certified dermatologist and Mohs surgeon. He is one of the nation's premier dermatologists. Dr. Verghese is a great commanders fan. Operating under his direction is the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland, which has locations in Waldorf, Maryland, Lettertown, Maryland, and Lexington Park, Maryland. Whatever your dermatological needs may be, call 301-396-3401 and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. The Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland focuses on medical skin care, cosmetic procedures, and skin cancer diagnosis and comprehensive care. If you are dealing with allergic reactions, if you're dealing with acne, psoriasis, or eczema, if you're interested in procedures like Botox, laser hair removal, or chemical peels, if you are dealing with skin cancer or have dealt with skin cancer or want to get screened for skin cancer, contact Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland. Heck, Dr. Verghese and the Institute offer free skin cancer screenings to anyone considered a new patient. And Dr. Verghese and the Institute offer advanced treatments for skin cancer. Whatever your dermatological needs may be, call 301-396-3401 and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit midatlanticskin.com. That's midatlanticskin.com. For excellent and comprehensive skin care, contact Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Well, because of all of the -the off-the-field problems and controversies and embarrassments with the Redskins slash Washington football team slash commanders, there is a tendency to view the team as having been really bad in recent years. The team actually hasn't been really bad in recent years. The team has been really mediocre in recent years. The team has finished no better than two games above 500 and no worse than three games below 500 in seven of the last eight regular seasons. Uh, The Skins from 2009 through 2014 had five double-digit loss regular seasons in six seasons. Those teams were really bad, save for the 2012 team. Uh, The Washington teams of the previous eight seasons, 2015 through 2022, have just been really mediocre, save for the 2019 team, which was really bad. Uh, You know, some of these teams have been better than others for sure, but each with enough positives not to be terrible, but also not enough negatives to be good. Washington has been stuck 
in the middle for nearly a decade now. That needs to end. And the process for that ending needs to start this week. There are many things that make the Commander's 2023 season unique. The biggest item is the new ownership, the Josh Harris Group, which just bought the team in July. But another item, and it's an item that did not get nearly enough attention going into this season, is how many significant Commander's players are set to be unrestricted free agents this coming offseason. On defense, edge defenders Montez Sweat, Chase Young, Casey Tuhill, James Smith-Williams, and F.A. Obata. Safety Cameron Curl, corner Kendall Fuller, linebackers Cody Barton, Khalid Hudson, and David Mayo. On offense, receivers Curtis Samuel and Jamison Crowder, running back Antonio Gibson, offensive linemen Sadiq Charles, Cornelius Lucas, and Tyler Larson, quarterback Jacoby Brissett. There are other commanders players who are said to be unrestricted free agents this coming offseason, but these are the players who most stand out. There's no way that the commanders are going to re-sign all of these players. And regarding the most significant of these players, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, Cameron Curl, Kendall Fuller, Curtis Samuel, and Antonio Gibson, you ain't franchise tagging or transition tagging all of these guys. Not that all of them are even candidates to be tagged, but in other words, most of these guys are going to hit the open market. And one of the realities of free agency in all sports is once a player hits the open market, that player becomes increasingly likely to leave his team. The commanders in losing to the Philadelphia Eagles 38-31 at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon fell to 3-5 and in this 2023 NFL regular season, including 1-5 and since a 2-0 and start, uh, and the Commanders for this regular season now are 0-3 in the NFC East, and the Commanders for this regular season now have a point differential of minus 57. The 2023 Commanders are not a good team. There are things to like about this team, but this is not a good team. And that reality along with the reality of the many key players set to be unrestricted free agents this coming offseason, along with the reality of the team having been mired in mediocrity for years now, along with the reality of the near certainty at this point that a new football operations regime is coming, come together to mean that the commanders should be aggressive sellers regarding what is coming, the 2023 NFL trade deadline this Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. How much of a trade market there is for each of the commander's significant players who are set to be unrestricted free agents this coming offseason? Who knows, okay? But what the commanders should do is sell and sell hard. Will they? I have my doubts, but I do think it's possible, especially with the team's managing partner being Josh Harris, the man who, as managing partner of the Philadelphia 76ers, greenlit the process and a man who is big on analytics and forward thinking and whose team this past Thursday afternoon announced the hiring of Eugene Shen as the commander's senior vice president of football strategy. He is here to oversee commander's analytics. What do you think that our guy Eugene thinks about all of this? Now, there is a very odd dynamic to all of this. If Josh Harris firing head coach Ron Rivera and his staff is a matter of when at this point, as opposed to if, do you want Ron and his staff selling off key assets? Will Ron and his staff do a good job of maximizing those assets, especially if Ron and his staff are dragged kicking and screaming 
to sell off these assets. Because after all, if you're Ron and you're trying to save your job, uh, what do you want in the way of selling off significant players? Heck, what if the next regime wants some of the players who the commanders end up trading? I get all of that. Look, this is not a perfect scenario. This is not an ideal scenario. This is not a scenario that uh, you would draw up. But a few things. A, if you are Ron Rivera or general manager Martin Mayhew or executive vice president of football slash player personnel Marty Herney or senior vice president of football administration Rob Rogers, I would like to think that you have enough professional pride to not just tank on trading away key players, that you still would want to do a good job of maximizing the assets, if for no other reason than to present what you do to potential future employers. B, you can always re-sign a player who you trade away. Granted, that does not happen often, but the commanders conceivably could trade Chase Young for a third-round pick and then re-sign him this offseason. And C, what other choice do you really have? not trade away these guys, and then what, risk losing them for next to nothing or nothing this offseason? That is the worst case scenario. And don't tell me about comp picks. People bring up comp picks all of the time. People misrepresent comp picks all of the time. Comp picks are not guaranteed. Compensatory draft picks are not certainties. Comp picks are based on who a team loses and who a team signs in free agency in an offseason. The commanders have a lot of salary cap space for next year. If they, under their new regime, spend some real money in free agency this coming offseason, there won't be many, if any, comp picks coming for the commanders, uh, for whoever they lose in free agency this coming offseason. Montez Sweat, Chase Young, Cameron Curl, Kendall Fuller, Curtis Samuel, Antonio Gibson, Jacoby Brissett, all should be available via trade over the next two days. And if there aren't markets for some or many, or maybe even all of these guys, so be it. But at least give trading away these guys a shot. Okay, now all of this doesn't mean that, especially in the cases of Montez, Chase, and Cam, that you just give those guys away, all right? Uh, but all of these guys should be made available and the commanders should see what is out there. And specific to the defensive players, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, Cameron Curl, and Kendall Fuller, what exactly are you clinging to if you don't trade these guys? This 2023 commander's defense filled with first-round picks and sizable salary cap hits is not good. This defense has been a massive disappointment. Uh, As for what has been out there about what the commanders will do leading up to the 2023 NFL trade deadline. So here's a review because there has been so much out there that it has been hard to keep up with. A good friend of this podcast, Commanders Insider Ben Standing of The Athletic, he this past Monday reported that the Commanders had not had contract extension talks with Montez Sweat and Chase Young. So that right there is key. If you're not willing to talk contract extension with either guy, then you should be willing to trade each guy. Uh, NFL Insider Josina Anderson of CBS Sports She this past Tuesday afternoon reported that it was her understanding that there were several NFL teams with interest in trading for either Montez Sweat or Chase Young while also willing to offer whomever was traded for a contract 
extension. Uh, Commander's insider Nikki Javala of the Washington Post, she this past Wednesday morning reported that one team had made a trade offer to the Commanders for Montez Sweat, but that no team up until that point had made a trade offer for Chase Young. And then came a like avalanche of reports over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter, he on Saturday afternoon reported that a decision by the commanders on whether to trade players was, quote, expected to be influenced by Sunday's game against the Philadelphia Eagles, sources told ESPN. And, quote, Schefter also reported that the commanders received trade inquiries on interior defensive lineman Jonathan Allen after his uh, postgame curse word laden outburst after the 14 7 loss at the New York Giants in week seven, but that the commanders said that they were, quote, not willing to deal him and wouldn't even have the conversation with other teams. And, quote, by the way, the commanders should be open to trading John Allen. And interior defensive lineman Deron Payne, the team should not give either guy away, but no player on the team should be off the table. And again, with the defense, what exactly are you holding on to? Uh, Also, NFL insider Ian Rappaport of NFL Network and NFL.com, he on Sunday morning reported that the commanders had, quote, received calls on edge rushers Montez Sweat and Chase Young, end quote, and had, quote, an offer on the table for Sweat, end quote. Rappaport also reported that teams had inquired about Kendall Fuller. Uh, NFL insider Jordan Schultz of Bleacher Report, he on Sunday morning reported that the commanders had, quote, begun actively initiating trade talks for either Montez Sweat or Chase Young, end quote. That's notable that the commanders now are on the side of igniting trade conversations regarding Montez and Chase, and maybe most significant of all, NFL insider Jay Glazer of Fox Sports, he on Fox NFL Sunday on Sunday afternoon reported that, quote, at least one, end quote, out of Montez Sweat, Chase Young, and Deron Payne would be traded in the coming days. Uh, This was Montez Sweat during his postgame session with reporters on Sunday afternoon, starting with the potential for his pairing with Chase Young to be broken up by a trade. Yeah, I mean, definitely uh, over the past couple of years, we really developed a, a camaraderie, a, a strong friendship. I mean, it would definitely be detrimental to split us up. But I mean, this stuff is out of our, out of our control. I know I, even outside of this, I got a friend for life. With all the rumors flying around this week with the trade deadline and everything, is it hard to keep that here? Or are you pretty good about staying focused? Yeah, I think, it's, I think just keeping the, the game, the game. Like I said, our, our focus was on Philly, I think. We kept it like that. But for you, like, was it hard to for you to keep, kind of keep your mind on her? You hear things happen, and then you just kind of. I mean, it's it's in the air, but I mean, at, at the end of the day, we got a game to play. We got a job to do. I intend on doing that job to the best of my ability. All right, so that was Montez Sweat during his post-game session with reporters on Sunday afternoon. This was Chase Young during his post-game session with reporters on Sunday afternoon, starting with Chase on Montez Sweat, and then you'll hear multiple follow-up exchanges with Scott Abraham, sports anchor for 7 News DC. Yeah, I mean, that's my, that's my brother, man. You know, that's not going to change if uh, we're not on the same team. Let me ask you this. Like, how do you evaluate where this team is at right now? And I mean, do you want to be here still? Yeah, no, that's out of my control. Um, you know, in terms of evaluation, I'm going to go back and evaluate myself. 
um, see where I made mistakes and uh, just hold myself accountable. Are you still happy here? For sure. Uh, I love Washington. Chase Young, he loves Washington. Uh, there is so much to take in from these last few days. I so wanted this commander season to be a good season. And you know what? Who knows? Maybe it does end up becoming a good season. <laughs> but banking on that, counting on that is ridiculous at this point. Major change is coming for commander's football operations. And major change should be attempted for the commander's roster this week in the way of trading away those players who are set to be unrestricted free agents this coming offseason, unless you view that guy or multiple players who fit this category of unrestricted free agents to be to be legitimate building blocks moving forward, and you are going to sign those guys prior to them hitting free agency, or you plan on tagging one of those guys prior to hitting free agency, there really does need to be a big picture view of this if you're not counting on the guy being with you beyond this season, or if you have doubts about the guy wanting to be with you beyond this season, trade the guy and get back something for him because something is better than nothing. Well, if you want to make a change to your home uh, in the way of fireplace, stove, uh, and or chimney work, and you live in Northern Virginia, get with Nova Fireplace and Stove. Nova Fireplace and Stove is outstanding. It handles gas fireplace sales, service, and installation, handles gas, electric, and wood stoves, and handles chimney cleaning and repair. If you live in Northern Virginia, stay warm and upgrade the feel and value of your home with Nova Fireplace and Stove. Call Nova Fireplace and Stove at 571-513-3803. Mention that Al Galdi sent you and receive $25 off any service or receive a free vent kit on any in-stock gas insert. Nova Fireplace and Stove, it has been around for more than 20 years. It is run by massive Commanders fans, and it has outstanding professionals. Whatever the work that you need done requires, Nova Fireplace and Stove has. Master gas fitter, master electrician, class A contractor, licensed chimney inspector, and because of this, Nova Fireplace and Stove can complete your project without the need any subcontractors and Nova Fireplace and Stove can pull all of the necessary county permits for the work that is being done. Additionally, Nova Fireplace and Stove can perform fireplace and chimney safety inspections. See for yourself the work that Nova Fireplace and Stove can do. It has a showroom in Woodbridge, Virginia, and has a terrific website, NovaFireplaceandStove.com. And take advantage of the special deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Call Nova Fireplace and Stove at 571-513-3803. Mention that Al Galdi sent you and receive $25 off any service or receive a free vent kit on any in-stock gas insert. Join the Nova Fireplace and Stove family and experience the fireplace service and care that you deserve. Call 571-513-3803. That's 571-513-3803. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Well, you know the saying, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Uh, Have you ever seen a Washington defense for which the whole is so much less 
than the sum of the parts than this 2023 Commander's defense. The Commander's defense has talent. I do believe that. But whether it's us having overestimated the talent or defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio and his staff just not being very good or at least not doing a very good job or just the nature of the modern passing offense oriented NFL. This Commander's 2023 defense is one of the great examples that I have ever seen of a Washington unit for which the whole is so much lesser than the sum of the parts. The commander's defense in this 38-31 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon was not good. Uh, The bad from the commander's defense had to do with their pass defense. The commanders got shredded by Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts, who went 29-38 for 319 yards four touchdowns and no interceptions, took just two sacks and quarterbanked an Eagles offense that went eight of 13 on third downs. And then there is Eagles receiver A.J. Brown. The commanders allowed Brown to have eight receptions for 130 yards and two touchdowns on eight targets. Yes, every time he was targeted, the result was a catch. A.J. Brown in this game set a new NFL record for most consecutive regular season games, each with at least 125 receiving yards with six. There were so many big completions by Jalen Hurts against this commander's defense on Sunday afternoon. The Eagles' eighth offensive drive, the eighth snap of the drive on a fourth quarter second and 10 for the Eagles at the commander's 38. The commanders had a big time busted coverage, leaving receiver Devontae Smith wide open for about as easy of a 38-yard shotgun touchdown pass that you'll ever see. Jalen Hurts to Devontae Smith corner. Danny Johnson was aligned over Smith in the slot before the snap, but uh, Johnson, for whatever reason, hung back as Smith just blew by Johnson and the ensuing extra point tied the game at 24. The commander's defense got worked on the Eagles' fourth offensive drive, which resulted in Jalen Hurts' second quarter, first and 10, 16-yard shotgun touchdown pass to A.J. Brown, who made a sensational catch, an amazing twisting one-armed catch with his right arm while being tightly covered by corner Benjamin St. Juice on a back shoulder throw. I thought that the Juice's coverage on that play was actually pretty good, but this was a seven-play, 65-yard drive that took just one minute, 14 seconds off the clock. Hurts on the drive, seven of seven for 65 yards and the touchdown. Uh, The Eagles' seventh offensive drive, the seventh snap of that drive on a third and seven for the Eagles at the Commanders' 25. The Commanders gave up a 25-yard shotgun touchdown pass by Jalen Hurts to A.J. Brown, despite safety Cameron Curl being guilty of an illegal contact penalty. Uh, The Commanders' defense on the Eagles' sixth offensive drive, major problems until the end of the drive. Uh, This was the opening drive of the second half. The drive resulted in a third-quarter tush-push play fumble uh, that was recovered by corner Kendall Fuller, but the first snap of the drive on a first and 10 for the Eagles at their 25, interior defensive lineman Deron Payne committed a five-yard neutral zone infraction penalty. The fifth snap of the drive on a third and five for the Eagles at their 44, Cameron Curl failed on an attempted tackle, and linebacker Jamin Davis whiffed on an attempted tackle on running back Kenneth Gainwell on a 17-yard shotgun completion by Jalen Hurts to Gainwell, and the ninth snap of the drive on a fourth and three 
for the Eagles at the Commanders 32. Benjamin St. Juice got called for a big-time penalty. Now, this was highly questionable, but a 31-yard defensive pass interference penalty and covering A.J. Brown on a snap on which, oh, by the way, St. Juice also was called for an illegal use of hands penalty, uh, but that penalty was declined. And then how about this? The Eagles' third offensive drive resulted in Cam Curl's second-quarter force fumble that interior defensive lineman Fedarian Mathis recovered. The snap right before the takeaway. The ninth snap of the drive on a third and 11 for the Eagles at the Commander's 23. Corner Emmanuel Forbes Jr. got beat by A.J. Brown in man-to-man coverage on a 20-yard shotgun completion by Jalen Hurts to Brown, who abused Forbes with a stutter step. What the heck was Emmanuel Forbes doing in covering A.J. Brown. It was in the Commanders' 34-31 overtime loss at the Eagles in Week 4, in which Forbes, for pro football focus, got bludgeoned, got targeted 13 times, and gave up nine catches for 197 yards. So much of that was against Brown. Why? How did the Commanders have Forbes in man-to-man coverage on Brown at any point in this game? Who decided on that? Who thought that that was a good idea? Here was Ron Rivera during his post-game press conference on Sunday afternoon on having Emmanuel Forbes cover A.J. Brown. And then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with Commanders insider Michael Phillips of the Washington Times. Well, that's that's part of the balance, and and you watch the young man, you know, try to compete and do the things that we're asking him to do, and and he's going to get better. He's got the skill set, so we'll just continue to work with him, continue to, you know, push him to, to help develop him and, and get him ready to play. What was the thinking into putting him in that spot? You guys felt he was ready to get back out there. Well, yes, he's had a couple of really good weeks of practice, a good work. It was a personnel grouping that we used, um, where we knew we'd be able to give him some help, and um, you know, that's credits to them. Yeah, I don't at all get <laughs> having Emmanuel Forbes on A.J. Brown. Uh, that seemed like a joke. That seemed like extreme rookie hazing of Forbes right there. Uh, the good from the commander's defense in this loss to the Eagles. Two things. Uh, the first thing, the commander's defense did come through with two big red zone takeaways. The Eagles' third offensive drive happened in the second quarter. The 10th snap of that drive, first and goal at the three. Cameron Curl, a forced fumble on a shotgun handoff run by Kenneth Gainwell for a two-yard loss, and the fumble was recovered by Fedarian Mathis. Uh, Cam Curl on this play, such a good job of ripping the ball out of the grasp of Gainwell. And yes, Fedarian Mathis uh, was back. He made his 2023 regular season debut as the Commanders on Saturday afternoon announced having activated Mathis off the reserve injured list on which he was placed on August 31st due to a calf injury. Also on Saturday afternoon, the Commanders put linebacker Cody Barton on the reserve injured list, uh, this due to a high ankle sprain that he suffered in the 14-7 loss at the New York Giants in Week 7. And then the Commanders' other red zone takeaway in this loss to the Eagles. The Eagles, sixth offensive drive. Uh, This was the opening drive of the second half. The 10th snap of that drive, a first and goal at the one. The Eagles ran the brotherly shove, the tush-push play, the unstoppable, or at least supposedly unstoppable, under center quarterback sneak play, but the play resulted in a fumble by Jalen Hurts that Kendall 
Fuller recovered. Uh, this was something, the commanders finding the antidote uh, for the tush push. So two big red zone takeaways. Another good thing for the commanders defense in this loss to the Eagles was the commanders did stop the run. Uh, they held Eagles running backs DeAndre Swift and Kenneth Gainwell to combined 18 carries for just 53 yards and a touchdown. Uh, that works out to a yards per carry of just 2.94. But yeah, overall, more bad defense uh, from what is a really disappointing 2023 Commander's defense. Well, if you are planning a big event, you will not be disappointed by going with Catering by Uptown. Catering by Uptown is the DMV's number one catering service. Catering by Uptown is a family business that prides itself on its signature dishes and flawless presentations, and Catering by Uptown goes beyond just food. Catering by Uptown offers personalized consultation and event planning assistance that are outstanding, including venue coordination, custom catering menu selection from over a thousand delicious dish selections, and a day of event coordinator who will make sure that everything runs smoothly. From putting together and executing a menu, to picking linens, to selecting an excellent florist, Catering by Uptown is committed to meeting your needs and exceeding your expectations. Whether you are having a wedding or a corporate event, an intimate gathering, or a gala, Catering by Uptown is the way to go. Visit CateringByUptown.com and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Also know this, Catering by Uptown has job openings for the event waitstaff. No experience is necessary and you get paid in-house training. A great opportunity if you're looking for work. Visit CateringByUptown.com. That's CateringByUptown.com. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Uh, a thank you to all of you who have given this podcast a five-star rating and who have written nice reviews of the podcast. You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are greatly appreciated, and you on Apple Podcasts can write a review saying that you like the podcast. The review does not have to be long. can be just a sentence or two, but the ratings and the reviews help us out a lot. So thank you very much for doing them. Washington now is 3-11. and 11. Over its last 14 games against the Philadelphia Eagles, not good. Uh, more now on the Commanders' latest loss to the Eagles, 38-31 at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon. But we, in this segment, are going to talk about the biggest positive for the Commanders in the game, quarterback Sam Howell. He was great. Uh, Sam, in what was his ninth career NFL regular season start, had a terrific game. And yet the commander still did not win. Yet another reason that the team should be an aggressive seller regarding the NFL trade deadline this Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. But I do remain excited about Sam Howell. First of all, just one sack. <laughs> Sam, amazingly, incredibly, took just one sack in this game. So go figure. Sam Howell in each of the commander's three previous games had been sacked a bunch despite the commanders in each game facing a team that had been woeful at generating sacks this season. Sam came into this game on Sunday afternoon, having been sacked at least four times in each of the commanders' first seven games of the 2023 regular season. And yet Sam, in this game against the Eagles, got sacked just once, despite the Eagles for this regular season through Week 7, ranking 11th in the NFL in team sack percentage, 8.28, and ranking tied for third in the NFL in sacks with 24. Uh, props to the commander's revamped 
offensive line. Uh, the commanders on Saturday afternoon announced having placed left guard Sadiq Charles on the reserve injured list due to his problematic calf, uh, which he re-injured in the 14-7 loss at the New York Giants in Week 7. And so the commander's starting offensive line on Sunday afternoon was Charles Leno Jr. at left tackle, Chris Paul at left guard off him having been inactive for each of the commanders for seven games of the 2023 regular season. Tyler Larson at center, as the commanders did in fact bench Nick Gates, Samuel Cosme at right guard, and Andrew Wiley at right tackle. And the commanders' new look offensive line overall did well. The line paved the way for a commander's offense that scored four touchdowns, went seven of 12 on third downs, and averaged 6.84 yards per play. But the biggest reason for that offensive production was Sam Howell. Sam had a monster game. He went 39 of 52 for 397 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, He averaged 7.63 yards per pass attempt. He took just one sack, although it did result in a sack strip that the commanders did recover. He had three carries for 11 yards, including two fourth quarter runs for first downs. He quarterbacked a commander's offense that went 7 of 12 on third downs. And he did all of this against an Eagles team that for this regular season through week seven, it was number 10 in the NFL in total defense per DVOA. Sam's first half, was one of the best first halves that any Washington quarterback has ever had. And I know that may sound like hyperbole. That may sound like exaggeration. It isn't. Sam in the first half went 24 of 26 for 226 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions, and took no sacks. His 24 first half completions, a new franchise record for most completions in a first half of a regular season game. This was something. (laughs) Uh, Here was head coach Rod Rivera during his post-game press conference on Sunday afternoon on Sam Howell. Well, I think if you look at this game, there were some really good things in the first half. A little bit of slow start in, into the into the uh, third quarter, but he came out of it and, and he was able to push the ball downfield. And especially when he got into the hurry up situations, he, he really handled those things. I mean, this is all growth and development, and 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 really, there's moments that that have to happen, have to occur, so you can develop and grow, uh, not just as individual, but as, as as a team. I mean, you know, looking at the way this team is put together and and where we are you know you you hope that it's coming together it's coming to fruition and everything that you know we've been talking about since the spring you know committing to to him uh and his growth and development uh is is important because i really do think that you know we've we've got something here with this guy Boy, I hope so. I sure hope so. And oh, by the way, you can bet your bottom dollar that Ron Rivera in the coming days will be playing the Sam Howell card. That is the bright spot to which Ron be clinging uh, as his uh, tenure as Washington head coach continues to fade away. But, you know, watching all of this, especially considering that it came against a really good defense in that of the Eagles, was something. And you know what? A salute to commander's assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. He called a really good game. Eric in the loss at the Giants had a very bad game. But Eric in this loss to the Eagles had a very good game. A lot of quick passes. Uh, pass catchers routinely were watching 
wide open, a lot of running back screens. The screen game was back to being in effect. Running back Bride Robinson Jr., two receptions for 20 yards on two targets, in addition to 10 carries for 59 yards. A running back Antonio Gibson, five receptions for 28 yards on five targets. They weren't all screens, but you get the idea. Gibson and Robinson very much involved in the passing game. Gibson, two carries for 14 yards. So good job, Eric Bieniemy. Uh, the good from Sam Howell. Sam on the commander's seventh offensive drive was tremendous with both his arm and his legs. Uh, this was a 14-play, 75-yard drive that consumed seven minutes, 14 seconds off the clock, resulted in Sam's fourth quarter, third and goal, seven-yard shotgun touchdown pass to tight end Logan Thomas. Third snap of the drive on a third quarter, third and six for the commanders at their 29. Sam, a nine-yard shotgun completion to receiver Jahan Dodson on a quick throw on a slant across the middle. A fourth snap of the drive on a third quarter, first and 10 for the commanders at their 38. Sam, a 14-yard shotgun completion to receiver Jamison Crowder on a slant across the middle. The seventh snap of the drive, final snap of the third quarter on a third and one for the commanders at the Eagles 39. Sam had a two-yard under center quarterback sneak run. Uh, Eighth snap of the drive, first snap of the fourth quarter, first and 10 for the commanders at the Eagles 37. Sam while under duress, a 17-yard I-formation play action completion to tight end John Bates. The 12th snap of the drive on a third and four for the commanders at the Eagles 14. Sam had a four-yard shotgun scramble. Uh, Sam had a terrific touchdown pass in the first quarter. Commander's second offensive drive. This was a three-play, 62-yard drive. Third snap of the drive on a first and 10 for the Commanders at the Eagles 26. Sam had a 26-yard shotgun play-action touchdown pass to receiver Terry McLaurin, who did a great job of beating corner James Bradbury and making a nice leaping catch. Uh, Sam, a really nice touchdown pass in the second quarter. This happened on the Commander's third offensive drive, what was a nine-play, 75-yard drive. The 10th snap of the drive, second and 16 for the Commanders at the Eagles 21. Sam fired a 21-yard shotgun touchdown pass to Jahan Dodson, who was wide open down the middle of the field. And also on the drive, it's six snap, first snap of the second quarter, third and four for the Commanders at the Eagles 41. Sam, a 16-yard shotgun completion to Logan Thomas on a bullet of a throw on a slant route. Uh, Also, Sam had a nice touchdown pass late in the fourth quarter. Commanders 11th offensive drive, fourth snap of the drive on a first and 10 for the Commanders at the Eagles 26. Sam had a 26-yard shotgun touchdown pass to Jamison Crowder with 101 left in the fourth quarter. You could call this a garbage time touchdown, but the touchdown did make the game a one-score game. Uh, I loved the commander's fifth offensive drive. Resulted in kicker Joey Sly's 61-yard field goal as time expired in the second quarter for a 17-10 commander's lead at the half. Sam on the drive, 4-4 for 37 yards as the commanders aggressively tried to score on a possession that started at their 25 with just 34 seconds left in the second quarter. The complete opposite of the approach that we had seen the Commanders take in previous uh, late first-half drives. Uh, But the Commanders came through on this drive. They did score, thanks in large part to Sam and also to Joey Sly, who was magnificent in hitting that 61-yard field goal. More on that later in the show. Uh, Also, Sam had two chunk yardage completions on the Commanders' fourth offensive drive. The drive did result in a late second-quarter turnover on downs, but second snap of the drive on a second and five for the Commanders at their 12. Sam had an 18-yard shotgun play-action completion 
to Jamison Crowder, who was wide open in the middle of the field, and the fifth snap of the drive, and the third to last snap before the first half two-minute warning on a third and seven for the Commanders at their 33. Sam had a 23-yard shotgun completion to Jahan Dodson on a terrific off-schedule throw by Sam while scrambling to his right and away from edge defender Josh Sweat. And Sam had a nice completion on the Commanders' ninth offensive drive, resulted in a fourth-quarter turnover on downs. Third snap of the drive on a second and three for the Commanders at their 42. Sam had a 16-yard shotgun completion to Antonio Gibson down the right sideline on a uh, terrific floater of a throw. So much good from Sam Howell in this game. There was, though, some bad. I mean, the interception was bad. Sam in the fourth quarter threw a killer interception. Commander's eighth offensive drive, third snap of the drive on a second and 15 for the Commanders at their 20 with the game tied at 24 with 8-10 left in the fourth quarter. Sam on a shotgun pass intended for Terry McLaurin through high and right to safety, Reed Blankenship. Also on the play, an eight-yard unnecessary roughness penalty on John Bates, giving the Eagles a first and goal at the seven. And two snaps later was quarterback Jalen Hurts, fourth quarter, second and goal, eight-yard shotgun play action, touchdown pass to receiver Julio Jones. And the ensuing extra point gave the Eagles a 31 24 lead. Sam had a near pick on the commander's fourth offensive drive, which resulted in a second quarter turnover on downs. The ninth snap of that drive, the second snap after the first half two-minute warning on a late second quarter, fourth and one for the commanders at the Eagles 35. Sam had a shotgunning completion intended for Terry McLaurin that was nearly intercepted by James Bradbury. Uh, Sam did commit an intentional grounding penalty. Commander's sixth offensive drive, their first drive of the second half, resulted in a third quarter punt. Uh, the third snap of that drive, first and 10 for the commanders at their 19. Sam committed a 10-yard intentional grounding penalty on a snap on which he faced immediate pressure from linebacker Hassan Reddick, who came in unblocked. And Sam on the commander's third offensive drive had an overthrow on what could have been a big play. Now, the drive did result in a touchdown, resulted in Sam's second quarter touchdown pass to Jahan Dodson. But the fourth snap of the drive, the next to last snap of the first quarter, first and 10 for the commanders at the Eagles 47. Sam overthrew receiver Byron Pringle, who was wide open. Uh, on a deep shotgun play action in completion, although Sam on the play was pressured and took a hit from interior defensive lineman Jalen Carter. Here was Sam Howell during his postgame press conference on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, I thought those guys up front did a really good job today, and I thought we did a, a good job. EB did a good job of mixing things up and, you know, getting the, getting some quick game called and had a lot of screens called today as well, and I thought we did a lot of things to keep them off balance um, and did a lot of good things, but, you know, we had an opportunity there in the, in the fourth quarter to, you know, have a chance to go tie the game, and I got to be better. You know, I wasn't at my best when my best was needed, um, and, it, and it hurt the team today. Yeah, good accountability, good leadership from Sam Howell. Uh, great to see Jahan Dodson have a big game off his uh, rather rough first seven games for this regular season. Jahan in this loss to the Eagles, eight receptions for 108 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets. Jamison Crowder turning back the clock, seven receptions for 95 yards and a touchdown on seven targets. Logan Thomas, he had six receptions for 44 yards and a touchdown on eight targets. He did commit a second quarter 15-yard low block penalty. Uh, that was a really bad call by the officials. Uh, and then 
There is Terry McLaurin. Uh, we all love Terry. And Terry on Sunday afternoon had five receptions for 63 yards and a touchdown. But the five receptions came on 12 targets. Terry was guilty of two killer drops, and they came on back-to-back snaps in the fourth quarter. Terry, on the commander's ninth offensive drive, had drops on back-to-back snaps. The drive resulted in a fourth-quarter turnover on downs. The sixth snap of the drive, third and eight for the commanders at the Eagles' 40. Terry, a drop on what was, yes, a bit of a low throw by Sam Howell on a shotgun pass. The ball went off Terry's face mask as he fell forward. And then the very next snap, the seventh snap of the drive, fourth and eight for the commanders at the Eagles' 40. Terry, a drop on a shotgun pass by Sam. This was Terry during his post-game session with reporters on Sunday afternoon. You know, I'm one of the leaders of this team, and I pride myself on making tough plays, so I got to be better in those situations, and I know I'm going to be, so I take accountability for those tough plays that I missed, and uh, you know, I'm going to just continue to encourage the guys to do the same, because uh, when we don't shoot ourselves in the foot, we make tough plays, and uh, you know, uh, we're a team that's competitive and have chances to win games, but when you don't quite make those plays when you need them most, it's hard to beat really good teams, so uh, as we go forward, we just got to continue to figure out how to stay ahead of the sticks, not shooting ourselves in the foot, and when it comes down to it, making critical plays when you need to. Drops are really hurting the commanders this season. I have been talking about this for weeks. I feel like I'm the only person talking about this, but every game there are multiple drops by commanders pass catchers or at least multiple catches that could have been made, but were not. Uh, This was Sam Howell during his postgame press conference on Sunday afternoon on whether he talked to Terry McLaurin about Terry's two drops. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I just told him I got to give him a better chance. You know, the the first one, um, you know, I, I was trying to stop him, um, but his job is to stay on the move. I was kind of more worried about the, the corner falling off of the outside route we had. So Terry did a good job, got open on both those routes. And I've, I mean, people might say they were catchable, but at the end of the day, I got to make his job easier. Um, and Terry's a great player and I got to do my part. Again, uh, accountability, leadership from Sam Howell. You love hearing something like that. Uh, One more thing on the commander's passing offense. Receiver Curtis Samuel, uh, he did play despite being questionable for the game due to a foot injury and despite having reportedly been a game-time decision for the game. However, he exited the game due to a toe injury. Uh, Curtis had four receptions for 22 yards on four targets and drew a penalty. Uh, Well, we all want the commanders to get better. If you want your shaving situation to get better, get with Manscaped and take advantage of a special offer for listeners of this podcast. Uh, My friends at Manscaped have something new for you. The Handyman. The Handyman is the best electric shaver ever. Featuring A compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the Handyman is designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Uh, And here's a special treat with no trick for this Halloween season. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code GALDI, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI, for 20% off plus free shipping. We've all dealt with bad razors that uh, make your neck look like a horror movie. Uh, What's great about The Handyman is that its skin-safe technology helps to reduce nicks and cuts, so you can finally feel confident when going for that close shave. And if you are a beard guy, Manscaped has the Beard Hedger, uh, which is a high-tech, 
beard grooming piece of excellence <laughs> that offers 20 different beard lengths and just one guard and has a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. Whatever your shaving needs, Manscaped has you covered. Don't settle for mediocrity with your shaving. Get with Manscaped and take advantage of this special offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code GALDI for 20% off plus free shipping. That's manscaped.com, promo code GALDI for 20% off plus free shipping. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, we all love the NFL, and we all love pizza. So make Little Caesars part of your NFL game day. Little Caesars is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. Order online during Little Caesars' Pizza Pizza pregame, which is one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday. You can pick your favorite Little Caesars pizza. You can pick the toppings that you crave, kind of like picking players for your fantasy team, only with Little Caesars pizza you never lose. And Little Caesars offers convenient delivery as well as the in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game. Little Caesars Pizza Pizza. A few more items from the Commanders' 38-31 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon. So kicker Joey Sly made franchise history in this game, made his only field goal attempt, went 4-4 on extra points, but the lone field goal attempt ended up being the longest made field goal in a regular season game in team history. Uh, Sly on the final snap of the second quarter connected on a 61 yard field goal uh, for what was the longest regular season made field goal of his NFL career and the longest regular season made field goal in franchise history. And what was remarkable about this was that the field goal came off Sly having made a 55 yard field goal that was negated via a five yard false start penalty by left guard Chris Paul. So Sly connected on the 55-yarder and then a few moments later connected on a 61-yarder. We know that Joey Sly has a strong leg, but to come through like that was awesome. So uh, a salute to Joey Sly. Uh, The commanders in this game 
got jobbed by three bad calls. Now, I do not like whining about the officiating, and I'm not saying that the officiating is why the Commanders lost this game. But, you know, in watching this game, when I could, when YouTube TV was working, (laughs) uh, these calls uh, drove me nuts, and I'm sure that I'm not alone in feeling that way. So the Eagles' seventh offensive drive resulted in quarterback Jalen Hurts' third-quarter 25-yard shotgun touchdown pass to receiver A.J. Brown. The fourth snap of that drive on a fourth and four for the Eagles at the Commanders 45. The Commanders gave up a 17-yard shotgun completion by Hertz to receiver Devontae Smith, who appeared to have not made the catch, but the pass was ruled as a completion, and the Commanders did not challenge the play. Now, the Eagles did hurry up to run the next play, but every NFL team does that. You know, when you're not sure if what was just ruled a catch for you actually was a catch, you hurry and get off the next play so that the opposing team can't challenge that catch uh, of which you are not sure whether it was a catch. Commanders did not challenge a play that they absolutely should have challenged. But still, the wrong call was made uh, on that supposed catch by Devontae Smith. And then... On the Commander's 10th offensive drive, a drive that started at a key point in the game, started at the Commander's 20 with three minutes, nine seconds left in the fourth quarter, and the Commander's trailing 31-24. The drive resulted in a fourth quarter turnover on downs. The third snap of the drive on a third and five for the Commander's at their 25 quarterback. Sam Howell had what was initially ruled a five-yard shotgun completion to receiver Jahan Dodson on a slant across the middle. But the call on the field then was changed to an incompletion. Then head coach Rod Rivera challenged that ruling, but he lost the challenge. This was really strange. And how he went from the initial ruling of completion to then an initial ruling of incompletion, I'm still not sure. This was Ron during his post-game press conference. For me, looking at it, you know, if it took that long to decide... They couldn't tell me then emphatically that it was incomplete. And, and, and that's what I thought the rule was supposed to raise to. If they call it a completion, right, and the other team challenges, now we try to see if you can see it emphatically. Well, if you take that long to make a decision, obviously you're not 100%, or at least that's my feeling on it. Yeah, and you know what made this scenario even harder to comprehend was that referee Carl Cheffer's mic was not working. For a good chunk of the game. For a good chunk of the game, Cheffers could not be heard. (laughs) So we had little idea what the heck was happening. Uh, Not good. Uh, Also, the commander's third offensive drive resulted in Sam Howell's second quarter, second and 16, 21-yard shotgun touchdown pass to receiver Jahan Dodson, but two snaps before the touchdown was a really bad call of a penalty on tight end Logan Thomas, an early second quarter 15-yard low block penalty on a first and 10 for the commanders at the Eagles 15. That was a football play. That was not a low block. And even uh, the guys calling the game on Fox, Chris Myers and uh, former Redskins offensive lineman Mark Schlereth uh, talked about that being a bad call. Slareth especially, uh, he was not happy about that call, uh, nor should he have been happy about that call. So again, officiating isn't why the commanders lost this game, but these three calls stood out to me, especially the two catch slash non-catch calls 
in the second half. I mean, these were big moments in the game. Uh, the catch by Devontae Smith on the fourth and four for 17 yards and the non-catch that I thought should have been a catch, third and five, uh, Jahan Dodson in the fourth quarter, a five-yard reception, ultimately ruled an incompletion. And then Ron Rivera's challenge uh, was not successful. I thought in watching the replay, it did not look like that ball ever hit the ground. Uh, now, maybe you say, well, there wasn't enough in the replay to overturn the uh, second initial ruling of an incompletion. Whatever, man. That, to me, looked like a catch. That looked to me like more of a catch than that Devontae Smith fourth down catch. Uh, and yet, these things did not go in the way uh, of our commanders. Well, if you are looking for a great way to play fantasy sports, underdog fantasy is the way. Uh, underdog fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports, and it is offering a limited-time enhanced special offer to listeners of the Al Galdi podcast, a deposit match of up to $500 for all new customers who sign up with the promo code GALDI, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. Underdog Fantasy offers a pick'em games by which you can win up to 20 times on your money in one day and offers a pick'em insurance, which gives you a little wiggle room if you're not as confident in an entry. And when it comes to season-long fantasy, Underdog Fantasy offers a zero-stress scenario of no waivers, no trades, even no lineup setting. We all know that playing fantasy sports can be really time-consuming. Well, Underdog Fantasy removes the time consumption but keeps the fun and the potential to win money and take advantage of the free money if you sign up now with the promo code GALDI. My last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI, Underdog Fantasy, will double your first deposit with up to $500 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of at least $10. So if you deposit $500, you get $500 for free. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code GALDI. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and use the promo code GALDI. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and must be present in a state in which underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. Eight nine. Well, the Capitals over the weekend played two games, concluding a stretch of four games in six days. And the Caps' two games over the weekend went quite well. Friday night, a 3-2 shootout win over the Minnesota Wild at Capital Winter Arena. The Caps blew a 2-1 third period lead, but outlasted the Wild in a seven-round shootout. The only goal in the shootout was by defenseman John Carlson in the seventh round. Sunday evening, a 3-1 win over the San Jose Sharks at Capital One Arena as the Caps overcame a 1-0 third-period deficit with three third-period goals. So the Caps for this 2023-2024 NHL regular season now are 4-3-1, and one, three consecutive wins since a 1-3-1 and one start. Perhaps the retool will work after all. <laughs> we shall see. Uh, but a tremendous weekend for Caps goaltender Darcy Kemper, a.k.a. the Kemperer. 
the Kemper over the weekend. Really good stuff. That 3-2 shootout win over the Wild on Friday night. Kemper over the three periods and overtime stopped 39 of the 41 shots on goal that he faced. Andy in the shootout stopped all six of the shots that he faced. Uh, one of the wild shots in the shootout hit the right post. Kemper over the three periods and overtime per natural stat trick stopped 15 of the 16 high danger shots on goal that he faced. And then in the 3-1 win over the Sharks on Sunday evening, Kemper stopped 30 of the 31 shots on goal that he faced, including all 21 of the shots on goal that he faced over the final two periods. Darcy Kemper over the weekend played like the franchise goaltender uh, who he is paid to be. Uh, And by the way, the Caps number two goaltender is back. The Caps backup goaltender for Sunday evening was Charlie Lindgren of him having not been available since being injured during the Caps morning skate on October 16th. The Caps on Saturday afternoon announced having loaned the man who had been serving as their number two goaltender most recently, Hunter Shepard, to their AHL affiliate, the Hershey Bears. Also, really good weekend for the Caps' top line of left wing Alex Ovechkin, center Dylan Strome, and right wing Tom Wilson. Uh, This has been the Caps' top line lately. Excellent production from these guys over the weekend. Uh, The 3-2 shootout win over the Wild on Friday night. So Caps' special teams in this game were excellent. The Caps went 5-5 on the penalty kill, uh, thanks in large part to Darcy Kemper. The Caps scored a short-handed goal. Tom Wilson scored a shorty 9-49 into the first period. The Caps went 1-3 of on the power play. Their power play goal was by Dylan Strome, 17-14 into the first period. Also, Strom was number one on the Caps in five-on-five shot attempt percentage for the game per natural stat trick at 71.43. The Caps with Strom on the ice in five-on-five situations in the game had 20 shot attempts versus allowing just eight shot attempts. So Strom did commit a third period interference on goalkeeper minor as the Caps for the game did commit six minor penalties. Uh, but Ovi on Friday night, very good game. He had the primary assist on Strom's first period power play goal, had a team high seven total shot attempts, and was number two on the Caps and five on five shot attempt percentage for the game per natural stat trick at 67.74. The Caps with Ovechkin on the ice in five on five situations in the game, 21 shot attempts versus allowing 10 shot attempts. And then in the 3-1 win over the Sharks on Sunday evening, Dylan Strome, another goal, an even strength goal, 218 into the third period, giving him six goals in eight games in this regular season. Uh, and he went a spectacular 21-6 and on faceoffs. How about that? 21-6 and on draws. And he was number one on the Caps in five-on-five shot attempt percentage for the game per natural stat trick at 80. The Caps with Strom on the ice in five-on-five situations in the game. 28 shot attempts versus allowing just seven shot attempts. Dylan Strom is playing at such a high level right now. Here was Caps head coach Spencer Carberry during his post-game press conference on Sunday night on Dylan Strom. Yeah, it's he's just playing at a real high level right now. I don't know if I could put one thing that he's doing um, from a scoring standpoint that they're going in for him right now. He's putting himself in good spots. He's playing a well-rounded game right now. I think his shot attempts tonight were that line was through the roof um, the last time I looked. and So they were our best line tonight, um, dominant for, in terms of ozone time in terms of shot attempts in terms of all, all the numbers and that but then obviously get on the board with, with two huge goals I think to, to your question I, I think just when, when you do that 
and when you're playing well and you're spending a ton of time in the offensive zone and you get a lot of ozone starts, you know, it sets you up for, and then you got to make good on it. And that's what he's been doing a good job of. Like, I love that goal. I know it's, you know, it's sort of a knuckler. It catches, um, Blackwood a little bit off guard, but it was the whole point of what we talked about in between the second and third period, getting that puck to middle ice in the offensive zone. And it, and it's such a more dangerous shot um, than, than something, you know, that goes D to D and a righty's sifting it like you saw a bunch of those tonight. But if you can get the top and you're shooting from there now, all sorts of good things can happen from a rebound standpoint, from a dead on shot with the goaltender. So I, I love the sequence and then he gets rewarded for getting to a good spot. Yeah, the Caps on Sunday evening peppered the uh, Sharks goaltender Mackenzie Blackwood with 41 shots on goal. Alex Ovechkin on Sunday evening, two third-period primary assists, a game-high tying seven shots on goal, and a game-high 12 total shot attempts. And he was number four on the Caps in five-on-five shot attempt percentage for the game per natural stat trick at 70.73. The Caps with Ovi on the ice in five-on-five situations in the game, 29 shot attempts versus 11. Allowing 12 shot attempts and Tom Wilson on Sunday evening, an even strength goal, 15 15 into the third period, a game high tying seven shots on goal and a game high tying five hits. And Wilson was number three on the caps in five on five shot attempt percentage for the game per natural stat trick at 72.97. The caps with Wilson on the ice in five on five situations in the game, 27 shot attempts versus allowing 10 shot attempts. Some tremendous uh, scoring, tremendous puck possessioning uh, going on uh, from that Caps top line. of Again, Ovechkin at left wing, Strom at center, and Wilson at right wing. Uh, also, the Caps on Sunday evening did not commit a single penalty in the game. This off, uh, the aforementioned six minors that were committed on Friday night. Uh, the Caps on Sunday evening did go 0-3 on the power play. But the Caps are playing better. Great to see this. Uh, Their next game, not until Thursday. The Caps host the New York Islanders Thursday night at 7. We move now to college football. The first college football playoff rankings of this 2023 season come out this Tuesday evening. It will be interesting to see if slash where James Madison and Liberty are ranked. Uh, the Dukes do remain ranked in the Associated Press Top 25 poll. The latest one came out on Sunday. JMU came in at number 23 from number 25 to number 23, one spot ahead of USC, <laughs> which is 24th. Uh, Liberty does remain among others receiving votes. Meantime, week nine of the 2023 season. Uh, I, on Friday's show, episode 687 during Goldilocks said that Maryland <laughs> has major problems if it loses at Northwestern. Well, Maryland did lose at Northwestern. The Terrapins fell to 5-3 and three overall and 2-3 and three in the Big Ten with a 33-27 loss at Northwestern on Saturday afternoon. The Terps coming off a bye suffered a third consecutive loss and a second consecutive loss in a game in which the team was a significant favorite. Maryland for this game was a 14 and a half point favorite per multiple shops. Uh, The Terps led in the first quarter 14-7. They then got doubled up the rest of the game. 
26-13. Terps quarterback Talia Tungavailoa, very disappointing game. Now, he did have three touchdown passes, but Talia over 47 pass attempts through for just 274 yards. That works out to a yards per pass attempt of just 5.83. In fairness to Talia, he was plagued by some drops by Terps pass catchers, including a brutal drop on the Terps' next-to-last offensive snap of the game on a second and 10 for the Terps at the Northwestern 31, with the Terps trailing 33-27 with a minute 34 left in the fourth quarter. A Talia shotgun pass to receiver Ty Felton down the left sideline was dropped, but Talia took six sacks, including a first-quarter sack strip that resulted in a lost fumble, and Talia threw an interception on the Terps' final offensive snap. Third and 10 for the Terps at the Northwestern 31, with the Terps down 33-27, with a minute 30 left in the fourth quarter. Talia fired a shotgun pass that sailed over the target, tight end Corey Digis, and was caught by Northwestern defensive back Coco Azuma for a game-sealing interception. Uh, The Terps defense had an odd game. The Terps did hold Northwestern to just two of 10 on third downs and totaled five sacks, but the Terps allowed Northwestern quarterback Brendan Sullivan to go 16 to 23 for 265 yards, two touchdowns and no interceptions. The Terps allowed Sullivan to average 11.52 yards per pass attempt. He came into the game averaging just 6.46 yards per pass attempt over 57 pass attempts this season. Brendan Sullivan outplayed Talia Tungabailoa. That was not supposed to happen, and yet that did happen. This is season number five for Mike Loxley as Terps head coach, not counting his run as Terps interim head coach in 2015. The program at this point should be beyond suffering back-to-back bad losses to bad teams in Illinois and Northwestern, especially with the Illinois game being at home, and especially with this Northwestern game being off a bye week. You know, Loxley, this past July 27th at the second of two Big Ten football media days, said that the program now is at a point at which the program can compete for Big Ten championships. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not quite. Uh, from 5-0 and o to now 5-3, and three. this was Loxley during his postgame press conference on Saturday afternoon. Well, obviously, a really disappointing loss. Um, give Northwestern credit, but they outplayed us. Checking out. They outplayed us, they, uh, and they outhustled us, they outhit us. And when, when that happens, you got to look at everything, including myself and all the way down our roster. Anybody that made this trip played a part in what happened today, and it's really disappointing. We had some opportunities uh, that we didn't take advantage of, um, and guess what? Nobody's going to feel sorry for us, so I don't expect that. Um, the only thing we can do is to get back on track is us. It starts with me all the way down to every player on our roster um, to get this thing back on track. But this one was really disappointing. I don't like the way we came out. I don't like the way we executed. And so when that happens, especially after coming off of a bye week, you got to evaluate everything. And, and I'll get that done. Uh, we'll get back in Monday. We've got a tough uh, game coming up at home back in the shell against Penn State. Uh, And we're going to do everything we can starting Monday to get this thing back on the right track. And it starts with you. And next up from Maryland, home to Penn State this Saturday afternoon at 3.30. So Maryland is getting worse, but Virginia is getting better. Although the Cavaliers did lose on Saturday, uh, they fell to 2-6 and six overall and 1-3 and three in the ACC with a 29-26 overtime loss at Miami. But UVA for this game was an 18-and-a-half-point underdog per multiple shots. So this was a more than respectable showing. Uh, The game came off UVA's stunning 31-27 win 
at then number 10 North Carolina on October 21st. This overtime loss for Virginia at Miami marked a third consecutive game between Virginia and Miami that came down to the final play. Uh, September 30th, 2021, Virginia won at Miami 30-28 as Hurricanes kicker Andres Borregales missed a 33-yard field goal attempt as time expired in the fourth quarter. The kick went off the left upright. October 29th, 2022, Virginia lost to Miami 14-12 in quadruple overtime at Scott Stadium in Charlottesville, Virginia. Yes, the quadruple overtime final score of that game was 14-12. Well, in this game this past Saturday, the Cavs blew a 10-0 second quarter lead. The game became a battle of kickers. The Cavs kicker Will Betridge went 4-4 on field goals, which were of 22, 23, 32, and 35 yards. Canes kicker Andres Burgales went 3-3 on field goals, which were of 47, 50, and 48 yards. Uh, all three were lengthy field goals. Uh, Cavs quarterback Tony Musket, he did not have a particularly good game. He went 24-38, but for just 239 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception, which was a third quarter pick six, and he took six sacks. He averaged just 6.29 yards per pass attempt. He quarterbacked the Cavs offense that went 8-19 on third downs, but Cavs receiver and Northwestern transfer Malik Washington had yet another big game. What a season Washington is having. He on Saturday had 12 receptions for 152 yards on 15 targets, 97 of his 152 receiving yards were yak, were yards after catch, 7th consecutive game for Washington in which he had at least 97 receiving yards. Uh, the Cavs rushing offense was mixed. Uh, running back Paris Jones, nine carries for 58 yards, but running backs Mike Hollins and Kobe Pace combined for 23 carries for just 74 yards, although Hollins did have two touchdown runs. And the Wahoos defense played well. The Hoos held the Hurricanes to just 23 points in regulation, just 276 total net yards of offense, and just five of 13 on third downs. And the Hoos held Hurricanes quarterback Tyler Van Dyke over 30 pass attempts to just 163 yards. That works out to a yards per pass attempt of just 5.43. And the Hoos generated two interceptions. Uh, like I said, this was a more than respectable showing by the Hoos. Uh, here was head coach Tony Elliott during his postgame press conference on Saturday evening. Man, I'm, I'm, what I told this team is, man, I'm, it's a hurt football team. You know, they know they care. Man, uh, if they didn't care, they wouldn't show up every single week, right? And, and you think about um, kind of the world that they live in, right? Uh, especially everything that happened last year. There probably is a lot of people that tell them, why would you? Right? You know, you don't need to. You shouldn't. And then you, you start, you know, 0-5. And everybody's probably telling you, man, why are you still playing, man? It's season's over. But they keep on scrapping, right? They keep on, uh, and they keep on getting better and keep on uh, improving. Uh, so I think uh, we, we've learned a lot over the course of the season. Uh, we still got uh, a ways to go. Uh, but really, really proud of the guys. Thought we played clean football, didn't have any penalties, you know, um, no penalties. And, um, you know, we ran the ball effectively. You know, we, we, we just, you know, we, we didn't make the play at the end and, and we gave up too many negative plays uh, in particular with the, uh, with the sacks that got us behind the chains. I thought, I thought uh, when we were efficient and effective on first down, uh, we were able to play with a little bit of tempo and kind of keep them off, uh, keep them off balance. Um, but, but at the end of the day, I mean, you're measured by winning and losing and we didn't make the play at the end to win the game. Next up for Virginia, home to Georgia Tech this Saturday afternoon at 2. And then with James Madison, the Dukes improved to 8-0 overall and 5-0 in the Sunbelt Conference with a 30-27 win over Old Dominion 
at Bridgeport Stadium in Harrisonburg, Virginia on Saturday night. The Monarchs fell to 4-4 and overall and 3-2 and in the Sunbelt Conference, but ODU put up quite the fight. JMU for this game was a 20-and-a-half point favorite for multiple shots and yet won by just three points. Uh, this game was the Duke's homecoming game. JMU's defense had some issues in this game. Uh, did total five sacks, but JMU allowed ODU to go nine of 18 on third downs, allowed ODU quarterback Grant Wilson to go 26 of 36 for 277 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions, and allowed ODU running backs Keyshawn Wicks, Kadarius Callaway, and Obi Sani to combine for 34 carries for 158 yards and a touchdown. This was not a clean game for JMU's defense, which overall has been so good this season. Uh, nor was this a clean game for JMU's offense. Uh, quarterback Jordan McLeod threw two interceptions, although he also went 27 of 40 for 340 yards and three touchdowns. And he had a touchdown run. He took just one sack on McLeod for this season through week nine is a 24th among all qualified quarterbacks in the FBS in ESPN's total QBR, 74. QBR is on a scale of 0 to 100. By the way, Liberty quarterback Caden Salter is 11th at 79.9. Next up for James Madison at Georgia State this Saturday afternoon at 3.30. Next up for Old Dominion, home to Coastal Carolina this Saturday afternoon at 3.30. And if you would like tickets to a James Madison game or to another college football game in the region or to a Commanders game or to a Capitals game or to a Wizards game or whatever, download the GameTime app and use the promo code ALGALDI for $20 off your first purchase. When it comes to buying tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater, the way to go is with the GameTime app. GameTime offers great deals on last-minute tickets and has a best price guarantee, so you don't have to worry if you're truly going about getting tickets in the best possible way. You see, the GameTime guarantee means that you'll always get the best price, because if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. What's also great about game time is how easy it makes searching for tickets. You can search by team, venue, or artist. Uh, I was just on game time looking at tickets for Commander's Games, a lot of good deals. And the seating chart next to the listed tickets made figuring out what exactly I'd be getting easy. Also, game time is the app for last minute ticket deals. You don't have to plan months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. GameTime also offers flash deals on tickets, and tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. GameTime is the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country. Find out why. Get the tickets without the stress with GameTime, which is offering a special deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Here's what you do. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the promo code ALGALDI for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, but download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the promo code ALGALDI for $20 off your first purchase. Download the GameTime app and use that promo code ALGALDI. GameTime, last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So we have the Commanders at the New England Patriots this Sunday afternoon at 1, but the theme 
of Washington versus Boston actually gets going on Monday night. The Wizards host the Boston Celtics Monday night at 7, and the Wizards are coming off a nice win. They improved to 1-1 one one in this 2023-2024 NBA regular season with a 113-106 win over the Memphis Grizzlies at Capital One Arena on Saturday night in the Wizards' 2023-2024 regular season home opener. Uh, this was a fun game for the Wizards. Some big dunks. Uh, this was a comfortable win. The Wizards did not trail at all over the second, third, and fourth quarters. Now, the Grizzlies were without multiple key players, including John Morant due to league suspension, and the Grizzlies fell to 0-3. So it's not like the Wizards on Saturday night beat the 1995-96 Chicago Bulls, but whatever. The Wizards are a rebuilding team. They do not have to apologize for any win this season. Uh, The Wizards' defense was solid off it having been really bad in their regular season opening. 143-120 loss at the Indiana Pacers this past Wednesday night. Uh, The Wizards allowed the Grizzlies in the third quarter to score 34 points on 8 of 17 on threes and 5 of 8 on twos. But the Wizards over the first, second, and fourth quarters held the Grizzlies to just 72 points on just 11 of 30 on threes and just 15 of 36 on twos. Also, the Wizards totaled nine steals in generating 18 Grizzlies turnovers. So the Wizards won despite some inefficiency from their top two players, Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole. Kuzma in 35 minutes, 51 seconds as a starter, went just one of 10 on threes, but he also went eight of 13 on twos and two of three on free throws and finished with 21 points, 13 rebounds, including three offensive boards and two assists versus no turnovers. Jordan Poole, he in 35 minutes, 45 seconds as a starter, went just four of 11 on twos and just seven to nine on free throws and committed five turnovers, but he also went 4-12 on threes and finished with 27 points, four rebounds, two assists, and a game-best plus-minus rating of plus 13. That's the thing. Kuzma and Poole were part of this improved Wizards defense. Uh, Corey Kispert, he in 31 minutes, 42 seconds off the bench, five of 10 on threes, three of four on twos, one of one on free throws. He finished with 22 points, three rebounds, one assist versus two turnovers. Uh, All 22 of his points did come in the first half, but a nice win for the Wizards. There probably will not be many wins for the Wizards this season, so we should enjoy those wins that we do get. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Tuesday show, episode 689. We'll have plenty for you on the Commanders as we on Monday expect to have the day after the game press conference of head coach Rod Rivera off his team falling to three and five in this 2023 NFL regular season with the 38-31 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon. Also on Tuesday's show, I'll talk Wizards as they are home to the Boston Celtics Monday night at 7. Have a great rest of your Monday, and I'll talk to you on Tuesday. Are you still happy here? For sure. Uh, I love watching. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.